0: Welcome to the Community Theater Studio Podcast. This podcast exposes the past, futures, dreams and experiences of people in the community theater. I am your host, Gary Kochi. So let me introduce you to Amy Bannister.
1: Hello. Hey,
0: wonderful. <laughs> Glad you could be here today. Thank
1: you. Now, Thank I have a
0: number you. of questions to learn about you and community theater, so let's see what we can get through, all right? All right, sounds great. So, what got you into community theater?
1: Well, I, like most people, discovered the stage in high school, and I really loved it and had a great time. And I moved to Northwest Indiana after I had my first child, because my husband is from there. And it's the area where the movie A Christmas Story is set, Okay, and um, where the man who wrote it. Uh, Gene Shepard is from. And it's based on that area. Well, before the musical, there was a stage version of the show. And we saw the audition. And he was like, Oh, my gosh, that would be so great that if you were to do that, because he didn't ever see me acting. We met after that. And he said, Oh, my gosh, that would be so great if you could get that. And I went, Oh, well, you know, he goes, go, 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 Go give it a shot. And I got Miss Shields.
0: Oh. And that
1: was so that was my triumphant return to the stage. (laughs) And it's kind of been all downhill since then.
0: (laughs) Downhill, huh? Not uphill, downhill. Yeah, you know. (laughs) So, in that case, how long have you been in community theater, Dan?
1: Um, It's been about, wow, well, my my youngest is about to turn 13 and he was two (laughs) during that show. So, it's nine years. 132 211 11. that's right oh my gosh I'm, <laughs> I'm i'm not a math major i'm a theater person
0: <laughs> so what all have you done within community theater of course you act
1: Yes, I act. I've done a lot on stage. My mother worked at a fabric store when I was growing up. And so she sewed my entire wardrobe until I got to junior high. And then that involved jeans, and she didn't want to do jeans. So we bought those. <laughs> and uh, so I just grew up around sewing. And she was the costumer in my high school theater. And okay. so eventually, uh, she I ro- roped her in in community <laughs> theater. And she was like, well, will you just help me out with that. Well, you just help me out with this. And then so I got involved in costuming. And eventually, before we left Indiana, I was the costumer for the Memorial Opera House, which sounds very fancy, but it is just a really old building that they do community theater in, run by the county. And um, (laughs) I was in charge of keeping their pieces in order and putting together rentals and pulling for shows. And it was wonderful. They offered me the job. And my phone kept going off that day. And I was like, it was my husband. I was like, Bill, I'm getting my dream job, because they're going to pay me, two Hundred dollars a show, you know, which is <laughs> like slave labor. But I was so thrilled that somebody was going to give me a paycheck to do it. And I got out of the meeting. I'm like, honey, they just offered me my dream job, and I'm going to do this. And he goes, That's wonderful. We're being transferred to Florida. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. so I got to like live that out for about eighteen months before the house sold, and because it was right when the bubble burst. So it took forever to sell our house. And then in the meantime, we didn't go to Florida. We wound up going to San Antonio, Texas, which is where we spent three and a half years before we came here.
0: Did a lot of touring around the country, it sounds like. Yes, yes. Okay, wow. Uh, Any other jobs besides costuming?
1: Well, I... It it still sort of involved costuming. I did uh, work with a charity group that did cosplay for children who were either suffering from terminal illnesses or had special needs. We would throw birthday parties for them. We would visit them in the hospital. We would do benefits for them. And so I would either dress up as a character, which was like crazy improv, (laughs) Or I would help people make costumes. I made a Sleeping Beauty. I made my own Wonder Woman. So like it was still in the vein of costuming, but it was also like being at Disney, where you walk in and you are like, if you're dressed like Pinkie Pie Pony, that's (laughs) who you are for the next hour and a half. And so that was kind of fun. Uh, Different than theater acting. A little more rewarding in some respects, because you get that one-on-one with people that you don't necessarily get when you're standing on a stage. True. But it's a little easier. Like, I, I I, do prefer having a script to rely on because mm-hmm. kids ask the darndest questions. So. Of course.
0: <laughs> definitely, definitely. So how did you learn all that you do within community theater?
1: Um, just by doing. Like, it, it's all just a matter of getting out there and working with different directors, reading different scripts, just doing different shows. You know, I've done everything from my favorite show that I ever costumed was called The Andrews Brothers where it was three guys and a girl in the 1940s and they're on a Hawaiian Air Force base and the Andrew sisters are going to come and perform and it's going to give the girl her big break, except the Andrew sisters wind up getting chicken pox Ooh. and they're quarantined, but their costumes made it. So the girl convinces the three boys to wear the 1940s Andrew sisters costumes and pretend to be the Andrew sisters. Uh, Cause it's so far away. No one <laughs> will ever see. No one will ever know that they're giant men in drag. So, um, I I love that because it was a lot of history and delving into the period and looking at what other USO shows were like and trying to find appropriate prints and finding patterns for these vintage dresses. And then I know that I couldn't even do math before, but I did the math to resize to make it from like somebody with a 36 inch waist up to somebody (laughs) with a 42 inch waist and how to like still keep the shape and... It was wow. so much fun. So I've done that. I've done chess where the director asked me to do it of course all in black and white and I was like no you know I think that we should bring in some colors mm-hmm. and so there was like minimal color and as characters grew they would like become more saturated with their color or less saturated with their color like when Sergei was going to defect he went from yellow to which was not the predominant color on the Russian flag at the time but there was a hint mm-hmm. of it. So there he had pocket squares and shirts and ties that would he would have a little bit of yellow as he um, but then when he was going to defect because he was doing it for love he went to red and so did the uh, female character she went more to red and then as he backed off he went back to yellow Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: um, so you know it's just I love playing with color that way and seeing if there are people that pay attention that catch those little things I just love those like little details and it was just all playing around and researching and and checking it out
0: <laughs> so you have an eye for color then
1: huh? um, my husband would tell you no but yes I yes. like flamboyant colors
0: <laughs> <laughs> and I guess all the sewing you learned from your mom and
1: pretty just, much which? yeah just from her she'll tell you like she never resized a pattern because she's from the era where there was multiple sizes in one pattern that you bought okay. but when you buy a vintage pattern like the 50s and before you bought your size and then that was the only size that was in there Mm -hmm. and you just cut it out and so when there's a lot of math and geometry involved and she's like i would never do that but (laughs) somehow you just do it and a little of it is just not knowing that i'm not supposed to know how to do that you just do it you know
0: (laughs) well since you do act have a number of questions so so what role was the most fun to do
1: oh this is like picking children which is my favorite child (laughs) I don't know. There's been like so many different things. Like, I did Fuddy Mirrors and I loved all the stage combat that was involved in that. I really got tossed around a lot. What show? Fuddy Mirrors by David Lindsay Abair. It's okay. about a woman with retrograde amnesia, so every day she wakes up and she doesn't know who she is. Oh, okay. And this morning she wakes up, her husband comes in and presents her with her notebook of who she is and who she will encounter during the day and all this stuff and then he leaves her to get ready and she's still in her pajamas and a man pops out from underneath her bed saying he's her brother and that that husband is a bad man and he kidnaps her. And it takes her away. And it turns out that the brother is actually her ex-husband. And the reason why she has a retrograde amnesia is that he was abusive towards her. And it's like, it's a dark comedy, but it, it's really funny. And so there was a lot of gags with being pulled between people and, you know, tossed around like a rag doll because she doesn't, she's very like, Oh, okay. Whatever <laughs> you tell me it's fine. I'll do it. And, uh, so that was really fun. But I also did a, uh, the show called Is He Dead? He, it's it's by a little writer, not many people have heard of him, Samuel Clements, you know him? Oh, I think I've heard, <laughs> You've heard of him, him. somewhere. Yeah. He, it's yeah. his only, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's his only play that he ever wrote. And it was towards the end of his death. And it was about Francois Millet, the, an actual French painter. And it's fictionally, he and his protégés decide that he'll make more money if he's dead. So in order to reap those benefits, though, uh, he comes back dressed as his uh, estranged sister. And it was a period (laughs) piece and he had wonderful clothes. And it was just crazy gags. And I played the painter's girlfriend, who doesn't realize that the sister is actually her boyfriend. And, (laughs) And, you know, it was great. And I've played like, Let's see, Fenny and Sisters Rosenzweig, she was fun, too. She was a travel journalist who was really uh, – she started out as a, uh, a serious journalist but then kind of lost her way along the way and then decides to come back at the end of the show and – yeah, I did Private Lives too, which was You did what? <laughs> Private Lives okay. by Noel Coward, which is another, you know, fun to get into that like strange cadence and accent the way people talked in Britain back then. And so yeah, it's it is. It's like picking a child. Like I can't okay. imagine. <laughs> well
0: Well let's see if you can pick another one from this. So what role would you say kicked your butt? It was a hard oh,
1: the hardest one, probably which is really funny, is is Miss Shields in A Christmas Story. And that's only because we opened the Friday after Thanksgiving. And we ran until that year, I believe Christmas was like on a Tuesday. So we ran until the Sunday before Christmas. And with two show Saturdays. And matinees on Sundays. And sometimes we would have a middle of the week performance because people would buy like the theater to have their Christmas uh, dinner for their company. They would do dinner before and then come see the show. And it was just the the constant duration. (laughs) And there were, for some reason, they did this show all the time. They didn't cast understudies for the adults. So when this awful bronchitis ripped through the children, and they, of course, were kind enough to share it with me, I stood in the middle of the dressing room, which was in the basement and didn't have any windows. And so I'm standing in the middle of the ladies dressing room and I have costumes in my hands and... I'm undressed and I don't know which one I'm supposed to be putting on or if I'm supposed to be – are we on dinner break? I was so sick and feverish. And so the woman who played the mother, who turned out to be a wonderful friend, comes and she's like, are you okay? I'm like, no, I don't – what, what What? are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> so that one was literally – that kicked my butt. Like that was just – but mm-hmm. it was duration. It wasn't really, you know,
0: a difficult role. It Dif- wasn't difficult. Okay. No. So what role – made you feel like a star
1: oh wow hmm it kind of all too it's like all <laughs> the applause you know i i am a whore i will get on stage to pretty for five minutes to pretty much do anything i've like i even did show. (laughs) I I would be a potted plant. I did a run of Death of a Salesman, where the director decided it would be a really cool device to have all the ancillary characters, to only have 12 of them, and to sit in a jury box like we were studying, we were judging (laughs) the salesman's life. And so I did like voiceovers but I wasn't a voiceover there there's a place where this guy has just gotten a reel to reel recorder and he's recorded his kids and so I did the kid voice and but I just sat in my seat and I did like I played the hooker in one scene I was a secretary in another I just like would say a <laughs> line here and there and I was like thrilled to do it just because I was on stage it was Difficult to be on stage that long but <laughs> you know like I, I did it because he was like hey there's this opportunity to be on stage and I'm like sold okay what whatever as long as I don't have to be the woman I'm good
0: <laughs> okay alright then wow so okay this may be difficult for you as well so okay what
1: role would you love to do again I would do them all <laughs> I would literally do them all I've been laughing I heard that having just been Cassandra here at Haddon Playbox, or Haddon Heights Playbox, excuse me, <laughs> uh, in Vanya and Sonia and Masha and Spike, I heard that next season possibly Field plays and players might be doing it, and I was like, mm, I'll, I'll do it again, sure. <laughs> okay. I, I've been slowly revamping my monologues in my head, you know, that she does to like make it a little different. But I, I yeah, I love it. I never auditioned for a role that I wouldn't enjoy doing i I make that a point that I always read the script, and if I can't read the script, I do heavy, heavy research to make sure that there's nothing that I wouldn't be uncomfortable with and that I wouldn't have fun doing like i you know you you have to do this for sometimes six, eight weeks mm-hmm. by the time the show is over, you have to like living inside this person's skin and having them follow you around so. Yeah, I would, in a heartbeat, I would, like, do any show. I would switch characters. I would love to. <laughs> okay,
0: okay. So what role that you wish more people had seen? They loved it, but not many people came to watch.
1: It was, it, it's kind of a toss-up. Here, it would definitely have been Vanya and Sonia and Masha and Spike. I really, I wished more people had come to see that because it was probably the most cohesive cast i've ever worked with there was not like a diva in the bunch there was not a weak link every night we gave a great show and it and it's a great show and Mm -hmm. the the performance like michael and his rant for four pages that you know every night was just so spot on and was so wonderful and we just had so much fun and I wished like that could have been a bigger house. And then, sadly, uh, the show I mentioned earlier, Fuddy Mirrors, that theater had not placed it well in its season. We were running after a, a run of Wild Party, Mm-hmm. Uh, by Andrew Lippa. it's about a show in the twenties, and it's this vaudeville performer and a vaudeville clown, and they live together, and so they decide they're going to throw this party to end all parties, and there's a lot of people scantily clad, there's a lot of doing drugs, mm-hmm. and it's a musical. It was off Broadway, uh, and it has some great. It does have some great music to it, but people were, like, very put off. They're like, Uh, oh, this was not what I expected. So then they see this one coming right after. And there's a character in the show who has escaped prison, and he has a, a sock puppet. And it's a really hilarious device that he's thrown in there. And the guy is very straight and proper, but the sock puppet is filthy. <laughs> and so we had to put out there that there was going to be swearing, and there's some mild... uh um, allusions to drug use and so we had to put that out there and people were like oh my gosh this is on the heels of this already really crazy show and now we've got the <laughs> show with a disclaimer uh we're not gonna come see that so and we also had people that did not pay attention to that disclaimer so that's the only show i've ever done where at least two people left every show and we would sit backstage and we would watch the audience file in on the monitor and we go okay yeah those two, they're out. They're out at intermission. <laughs> so yeah, that was another disappointing mm. one. <laughs> yeah, okay. So, was there a role that is most like you? Hmm. I don't know. I'd say a little bit of Fenny, because Fenny Rosenzweig, because she kind of, she also diverged her life for a man and i didn't do it for a man i did it because (laughs) i really liked health insurance and a steady paycheck and so that was kind of why i got out of acting professional like trying to be a professional series actress but uh yeah and but then she comes back to uh you know her true hard-hitting journalism self by the end she kicks the guy to the curb i didn't have to kick the guy to the curb he actually said you need to get out and do this because it makes you happy so i enjoy so Probably she's the closest. Okay.
0: All right. So what role had the best costumes? Oh,
1: my goodness. Yeah. (laughs) You made it, I guess. (laughs) Oh, well, this is another one that's like picking children. I had such great, I love vintage clothes. So Death of a Salesman had some really great clothes and so did Private Lives. Then again, like I loved my costume in the second act, or of uh, Vanya and Sonia and Masha and Spike. uh, Cassandra comes out (laughs) and she's like decided to be this crazy voodoo queen, and so it was the yeah that was nuts. (laughs) And then I'm getting ready to do. Making God Laugh okay. by Sean Grennan, and that takes place over four decades. Each scene is a different mm-hmm. decade. So we start out in the 80s. I play the daughter, and she's like a new romantics, kind of pretty in pink, boy George, crazy. And then she moves into the 90s. She's a little older. She's still kind of wild. And then, um, you know, it just it moves on. So that I know those are going to be fun, too, because who doesn't like to wear crazy clothes? <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. So with that, what would be your dream part or show?
1: Well, my dream role, I, I, <laughs> that doesn't involve singing, because I really don't sing. I have many dream roles that involve singing, but I'll never get them. But the one role that I would love to do, theres uh, Neil Simon wrote a show called Lost in Yonkers. Okay. And it was my very, very first lead role ever in high school, and I played the grandmother. And I would love, I am about the age that the daughter is in that show. Her name is Bella. And Bella had scarlet fever when she was two or three. And so she's a little childlike. Okay. And the mother is very, um, she's German. She escaped the Nazis. Uh, she's very strict. And she doesn't really want to let Bella go. And she, she and Bella at the end have this wonderful moment where The mother is begging her to stay a child because Bella has met someone and she wants to get married and have babies. And Bella is begging, let me go and have my babies so I can be soft and warm with them and love them. And it's a really wonderful uh, moment in the show. I mean, it's Neil Simon, so it's amazing. (laughs) But uh, I, I mean, it's just... I would love to get the chance to play her.
0: (laughs) With all the love for all those characters and shows, what part or show would you never want to do?
1: Wow. I am not one of those uh, exhibitionist theater people. I do not <laughs> like taking my clothes off on stage. I cannot, like, there are some people that can do that, and God love them. Um, Ryan
0: had no problem. Ryan
1: of- had, yes, no problem. <laughs> Our beloved Spike stripping down to his underpants every night. Like, I could not do that. No, <laughs> nope, no, no. And I don't believe there's... Um, Part of the other reason why I got out of theater is when I was in college, I I came to my first acting class and I felt very fancy and we were going to do scene work. And the teacher did not ask us if we had any qualms about anything. She just assigned shows. And they were doing this show called Keely and Do. It's about a woman who kidnaps a young lady from an abortion clinic and keeps her in her basement and forces her basically to have her baby. We were assigned this scene, and I had to play the young lady, and um, at the end of the scene, she's stolen the hanger from her dry cleaning. The lady's had her clothes dry cleaned so she can wear her clothes, and uh, she steals the hanger and gives herself an abortion at the end. And, um, yeah, the teacher basically – I said – Right to choose. Everybody's got it. Personally for me, can't do this. This is very, you know, this is upsetting to me. And she failed the course and told me I was never going to be a serious actress and <laughs> la, la, la. So that is another reason why I'm always like, I must read the script. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I have to read the script. <laughs> okay, yeah. Yeah, so. <laughs>
0: so with that, what might have been your most memorable moment in community theater?
1: Something wow. I always
0: remember and love to tell a story.
1: Let's see. pick your time i do um i did love playing miss shields like that was fantastic there's nobody that doesn't like (laughs) screaming about margins and getting to we that set had a revolve on it Mm -hmm. so part of my my classroom was actually part of the I think it was the living room in Ralphie's house. So when it was my turn, I would be on my podium with my blackboard and they would spin me around. That was kind of fun. (laughs) Um, I do have to say that one of my favorite jokey moments ever was during *Fuddy mirrors. The directors asked me to make Claire's book, which was everyone that she was going to see and everything that she was going to do. And so I was like, this is really just because you don't want to do it. And they were like, no, 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 it's going to be an excellent study. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, okay, whatever. So I made the documents. And they're like, you can print it out of the theater's computer. So I did. and I had this like three ring binder. And it went through it talked about I I went through my house and it had the toaster how to operate that and the the manual for the stove and the mailman and all these pictures (laughs) and everything. And the last Sunday, I snuck in early and I put dirty pictures in instead. (laughs) And so we opened it on stage And nobody knew And the guy who played my husband (laughs) Pulled it up You know, he opens it up in his eyes And they were just like The book is full of porn The book is full of porn And nobody believed that it was me Which was even better So that was one of my favorite Like, jokey moments (laughs) But I've never pulled a prank Like that since (laughs)
0: Okay Wow Definitely a good one It was a good one I was (laughs) very proud
1: Very proud of that moment Yeah So with that
0: Might there have been a worst experience in community theater?
1: There's not really. Like, I am very lucky. I have never had a a truly bad experience. I did have a director once that, for a show, he had done it in college. And he was much older. And it was a great show. But he wouldn't let me do anything that was different than the actress who had played in the college production. So like mm. I would say, this doesn't feel natural. And he'd say, well, oh, no, no, no. That's the way I want it. That's the way I want mm. it. And so I I really didn't feel like I got to play that role the way I wanted to. I had to play it the way he wanted to. Okay. And it was still a good time. It was still a good show. But like, that's my worst experience is not being able to do what I wanted. Okay. You know, please. That's <laughs> no, not bad. It's, <laughs> it's not a bad terrible, no.
0: Yeah. So are there any jobs other than acting and costumes and anything like that that you'd like to try to do?
1: I don't know. I dabbled when I was like in high school and early in community theater with things like props, which is a nightmare. I did props for Rumors. And um, that bar drove me crazy that they kept (laughs) going to, having to like make sure that there was always limes and lemons and olives and whatnot. I... And I've stage managed once. Um, I tried to run the soundboard and I was dating this guy in high school who did sound and lights. And I realized why he was so sensitive that he cried a lot because that's a really hard job. (laughs) Uh, So, no, I like know my wheelhouse. I know where I'm good and where I'm not. I could not like, well, I will always help but dress a set or paint a set or help out, you know, taking things apart or whatnot. But, yeah, no, I know where I'm good. (laughs) So <laughs> directing is not on your bucket oh, list? Oh, gosh, no, 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 I produce, do, or... no. you do producer? I don't want to be in charge. <laughs> <laughs> not
0: in charge. All right. So why do you like to work in community theater?
1: It gives me the opportunity to pursue something that I love in a way more relaxed environment, much less competitive than if I was going to be trying to, you know, do equity shows in Philly or New York mm-hmm. or, you know, anything like that. It, I really just like... Being able to audition and learning from every show, and uh, maybe you know, if there's younger people in the cast, you know, showing them the way or learning something new from somebody else. You know, I like that it's way more relaxed than having to you to do it as my living. Like that, I'm not going to eat if I don't get this job. Okay. I totally cannot handle that kind of stress.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, too much for you. Yes. All right. So, what is one part of community theater that the general public might
1: not know about? I think that they don't really understand that it really is volunteer. Like, everybody is coming out here. It is so rare that people get a stipend or any kind of pay. A lot of times, I mean, I know personally, I've seen a need in a show for a a costume piece or something, and we really didn't have the budget. I bought it anyway. And because out of my own pocket, because I wanted it there. And I knew that it would be the right thing. Uh, and I've I've seen so many people that were like, yeah, I know we really couldn't afford XYZ. But I I did it because we need it. And mm-hmm. it will look the best. And so I really think that people don't understand how, like grassroots it really is. I mean, it is really we really live or die on ticket sales, donations, and um, volunteers. Because without those things, they, we would be putting on skits in people's garages.
0: Yeah, okay.
1: <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely heard of that.
0: So now, what is in the future for Amy? What's coming up?
1: Well, um, like I mentioned, I'm in a Bridge Player's production of Making God Laugh. I'm playing Natty, who's the daughter. She's the middle child, and she. this is over... Holidays it starts out at thanksgiving nineteen eighty and then it goes to christmas nineteen ninety new year's eve y two k and then um the show ends up in the early twenty tens maybe late zeros <laughs> and that I am ashamed to say that I don't have the opening memorized or the the dates memorized for it yet, because we just got cast. But
0: well, interestingly enough, because I think uh, just last week before when this got released, I did have on here on the podcast your director. Oh, Lisa! Yes, Lisa. she's
1: so sweet. <laughs> so
0: I talked to her a little bit about the show and said a little bit on her views of the show. So. Yes,
1: it it is a really fascinating fascinating show. I, um, I heard about it w- during the run of Vanya and Sonia and Masha and Spike. And I was kind of intrigued by it. So I was like, oh, look it up. And it was an e-script. So I was able to download it right away. <laughs> and I read the first scene and a half Uh, right that night. And then I went to bed. And I was like, Oh, this is a really fun comedy. You know, (laughs) she's really snarky. And this is fun. And I'm an only child. So I get to pick on brothers, which is great. And then I read the second half. And it is so like, the The family dynamics change, and it becomes, for a while, you become angry, and then it becomes heartwarming. And I wound up at the end of the show, just sobbing. And I was like, I don't know if I can do this show. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I like marinated on it. And I thought, yeah, no, I think I can do this. I think I really can do this uh, part justice. And she's going to be fun to live with. She is the only sibling that moved away, wow. that she and her mother really do not get along. <laughs> and she is the only one that really moved away. And I think that she's the only one that has perspective because she got away. Uh, the older brother is kind of a screw up. You know, he he buys a Pinto and a Pacer and, uh, you know, he <laughs> like the fad cars. He's all about fads and he's constantly, you know, screwing up. And the younger brother is a priest and he – but that's because – it's what his mother wanted. You know, she's a uh, converted Catholic and she's like super Catholic. So there's even a line about converts are the worst. The, the, the father says, Oh, don't listen to her. Converts are the worst. So it, it's a very interesting family dynamic. And so that's what's on the horizon right now. And then I'll probably take the summer off and, uh, Because, you know, children out of school, Uh, (laughs) they make it difficult.
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah. Until they move out and then come back. Yes.
1: Yes. Yes. Yes, you know. (laughs) I I know.
0: Yes, I know. (laughs) So what would you say to anyone interested in joining community theater?
1: Well, it's kind of twofold. If you are thinking about, like, getting your feet wet backstage, there's always – like, they – Always, I have never heard of any production that is not like we could use someone to run a screw gun or we could use someone to paint the set or, you know, there's always, it's a great way to kind of get your feet wet. There's always people, they're always looking for people to help out with that. And even if you don't really know what you're doing, someone will show you how to frame a wall or, you know, they're very Mm -hmm. willing to do that. They just want bodies, you know, you just want warm bodies. And it's a great way to meet people and and get comfortable and see the space. Ushering is another There's oh, and then you get to see the show for free, um, (laughs) which is always a bonus. But that's another great way that people don't always think about to get involved to start out like if you're nervous about starting out, oh, I don't know how to run a soundboard. I don't know Mm -hmm. how to hang lights. It doesn't matter. You know, there are so many other ways. And there's so many other people that are willing to teach you. So they're not the only people I have run across so many theaters where like there's only one person that knows how to turn on the soundboard and if that person decides they want to go on vacation in the middle of your run heaven help you as to who you're going to get in there. Or it's the kid that they've recruited out of high school. And he's done it all four years. And because they can count on him, then he's not going to have a life and always be there when (laughs) he decides to go away to college and not come back. They're dying because they don't have anybody to do that. So it's like you don't have to start out plotting set diagrams (laughs) and stuff like that. And if you're interested in auditioning, you know, just find what speaks to you. If you're really unsure, go for a bigger cast where you might be able to hide in the background. My first show was The Grapes of Wrath. I had one line, got a, or getting late, got to sleep. <laughs> um, and it was a great way. Like, I just got to sit on stage and be like, wow, I'm on stage and get comfortable with things. And, you know, always, if you can't read the script beforehand, research to make sure that it is something that you are comfortable with, because there is nothing worse getting into rehearsal with someone, you know, like, I could not imagine having someone audition for the the last show, Vanya and Sonia and Masha and Spike and having a guy go, yeah, I don't really think I can take my shirt off. You know, (laughs) (laughs) it's like half of his character, or, you know, like, Cassandra and not be when I was asked to the opening, when I come out in the second act, she doesn't really have a lot to do. So (laughs) I was asked, like, oh, just make something up. Say something in Klingon or something. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. And I didn't want to do anything that would be offensive to somebody who, like, mm-hmm. it might be their religion that they cleanse a space. or So I just said Harry Potter things. But then right after that, she has a voodoo doll that she brings mm-hmm. out. And, like, if you're not going to be comfortable with that <laughs> sort of thing, then that's yeah. not the part for you. So, like, really – make sure that you can do those things well
0: it's i think also if you go out and you audition and anything like that you are given the option of uh turning it down
1: oh absolutely yes absolutely if you are if you are given the call you're you know yeah i don't really think so you know you're absolutely allowed to say that there's no you have auditioned you must take the role yeah nothing like that can i have an ensemble part Somewhere in the back. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. I mean, and most auditions that you go on, they'll ask you what you are reading for. And so if you, like when we did uh, Vanya and Sonia, there are two other female roles. Well, the one, Nina, I knew that I was too old for. The other two female roles, I was like, well, depending on when they who they get to come out, I guess I could do the younger sister. And when it said, who are you reading for? I looked around and I was like. No, I think that they have plenty of people. So I just wrote Cassandra. <laughs> now the woman Bonnie, who auditioned or wound up getting Masha, she always, or, yeah, she got Masha. She always thought she was a Sonia. She'd auditioned four or five other times for this show, but only ever wrote Sonia. So they only ever considered her for that, and she never got cast. But here she was like, "eh, I'll just put any," and she got okay. cast. So you you do have the opportunity to say who you're interested in reading for, what you're interested in being chosen for, but it's also a great opportunity for yourself if you are open to be any role. You know, Mm -hmm. you can write any, but particularly. Yeah. So. Well,
0: thank you. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. So I am your host, Gary Kochi, and I would like to thank Amy Bannister for joining me here today.
1: (laughs) Thank you for having me.
0: I'd like to thank everyone for listening to Community Theater Studio Podcast. Now, if you or someone you know might have something interesting for us to hear about on this podcast, please let us know their contact information. Or if you have any comments, questions, or requests, you can contact us on Facebook as Community Theatre Studio, on our website, communitytheaterstudio.podbean.com, email us at Studio at gmail.com, or you could also leave a review on iTunes. And now you can even send texts or leave voice messages at 609-388-8287. This podcast is currently being supported by the Village Playbox Theater of Haddon Heights, New Jersey. The music is titled Energy and is provided by royalty-free music from Bensound. Please join me next week when we once again talk to people of the community theater.